Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Wild Wild Weiss, the community podcast for Calgary Weiss Schwartz. I'm today's host, Igor Squatslov. With me today are 220, Hi Xavier, and Slowbro. 220 is the first place player in the 2020 Timvitational League play and part of Alberta Crew Battle winning team. Slowbro is our local online tourney master, and Hi Xavier is the highest placing player in the Calgary 2019 WGP qualifier in Calgary. So, how are y'all doing? And if I'm not mistaken, this is Slowbro's first time on the show. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm doing good being swamped with projects from school lately, but other than that, it's not too bad. Well, I'm glad you've been able to give us a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I definitely feel that, man. School's like ramping up. Finals about to hit, man. <laughs> I don't have final Holy. exams, Just Okay, that's good, that's good. Yeah. I'm on the same boat. It's so funny because, like, once you get into the working life, it's the complete opposite. Like, uh, your ramp-up period is, like, it depends on the industry, but I found with, like, mine, it's after, like, October, November, they it kind of slumps down into December. Hmm, fair. I don't miss the rush into exams from university. I can tell you boys that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just uh, building Bowfree, trying to figure out what the best build is. Cool. How much playtesting have you done? Uh, depends on how you look at it, but a lot of pants choice combo. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Okay, looking forward to that. Yeah. So this episode is another one of our panel style discussions. The idea is to let players from the Calgary community pose a question or idea about Weiss that's really burning someone on the inside, and then hash it out with the other fine folks on the panel. We hope that by the end of the discussion, we'll have ended up with a few interesting points on the question stated, our own understanding of the issue strengthened, and imparted to you, the listener, with something actionable. Today, we talk about the big question on everybody's minds. How does the new ban list that came down on the 25th of November 2020 affect the Weiss-Schwartz metagame going forward? To quickly recap the ban list, four series received new restrictions and two series had restrictions upon them loosened. The new restrictions are as follows. On Data Live, the following three cards, you may play only one of them. My Little Shido from the Booster Pack is a cheap event with fantastic optionality that allows you to choose one of three good effects, including removing cards and replacing them with a lower level version of said card. Worst Spirit Kurumi, the deck's preferred top end and uniform Toka, a very nice card that allows a Dow player to make one card beefy off turn and check top and keep or remove it when your opponent character reverses. From Saikano, from the following three cards, you may play only one. Surprise Gift Izumi, a fantastic memory compression card. Udaha Betrayal and Farewell, which allows you to save a fronted character and go to memory. And New Story Megami, the deck's top end. From Sword Art, the following three cards, you may play only one. Time of Reunion Asuna, a very good runner card. Knights of Blood Guild leader Heathcliff, an anti-encore from memory that can set itself to memory at will. And Spriggan Swordsman Kirito, a back row that makes pants triggers potentially comeback triggers as well. From the last set to get new restrictions, Grizaya. From the following two cards, you may play only one. The Feeding Event, a nice event that allows salvage memory compassion and can pay for itself. And Genius in both name and reality, Kazuki, a card that can send itself to memory to save another character. As for reduced restrictions, Idolmaster Cinderella Girls, Akagi Mirai, Esertriki, and Rin Power of Smile, a very big early play, are no longer on the restricted wrist. Kantai Collection, 
Clumsy Girl, Inazuma, and On Death Salvage Ricky is no longer restricted. Unfortunately, Action Common remains limited. So, now that we've introduced the changes, how do these added restrictions affect the metagame? And will loosened restrictions even matter? Oh, uh, I'm just going to jump in here and say Power of Smiles, the finisher, not the early play. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, the early play should be TP Rin, which is not on the restricted list, I think. Right, thank you. Yeah. I guess I'll talk about Grisai first, because that's the deck I've played a bit with. This deck is, like, much worse with it, because these two cards interfere with what, one card's ability. The 1-0 early play, uh, not early play, the bomb, which gets 2-5 and plus one, uh, plus one soul, and with uh, three or more memory. And without having basically both options to send stuff to memory, the deck gets a lot worse because it has much less pushing power at level one. So I think I can see like a considerable drop from like tier one to like tier two of decks. But I think it'll still be like a good contender. It just won't be as consistent now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a mainly a consistency hit, and they lose a bit of compression since uh, you have less memory cards to play. But I don't think the hit's as big as some of the other ones on the list. Uh, Grisaya has been kind of described as the deck that's really good because it's in the current meta that it is, like Wisakano being like a heavy memory compression deck, stuff like that. Do you think if Sakano, for example, loses some of its luster because of the bands, would Grisaya still have those favorable matchups in the meta? I would think so, because like another good matchup it did have was against Slime, because it could push early, it could prevent the early play heals, and it's just really annoying for all that. And I think Slime will definitely move up the tier list uh, once all these bands are in place. So I definitely can still see uh, Grisai being a good deck for some like anti-meta like, anti deck, basically, which is just like stops the early play healing, prevents uh, pushes damage early, and can really like push its own game plan without worrying too much about the opponents. Yeah, I think just having anti-heal and being like a very solitaire kind of playstyle, it'll still be a very strong meta contender. What alternatives does Grisaia have to push stuff into memory now that these two are choose two, up to choose one? I mean, there's still eight cards, right? They still, because if you choose one of them, you're playing four of this, like one of the two cards. And then you have the four that go into memory with um, the anti-heal. So it's still eight cards that could potentially go into memory. So I don't think they could necessarily replace any of these cards, but they still have a lot of memory compression as is. Yeah, I don't think there's a di direct uh, replacement. It's just, I'm not even sure if there's another card that goes to memory in the set, um, but you'll have to play something else. And yeah, you do lose that bit of consistency and memory compression. Which of the two are you planning on cutting from your Chrysia deck, because I would think the feeding card would be more difficult to keep in a deck just because it's a one-one event and those aren't usually desirable. And the JC has much has a better effect on field. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? I actually really like the feeding event, but I can definitely just see people just playing the memory bouncer just because, not memory bouncer, but like the card that bounces uh, and sends itself to memory. It just saves a card early and is always able to play, whereas like you can't really search for the event unless you have the bonder, and then you basically have to run the bonder with the deck. So I guess like you free up two slots if you don't play feeding. So you free up the bond uh, zero zero, and you also free up, like you can replace the one one events. So I guess you 
would choose the zero zero most of the time. But I can see people choosing the one one since it does allow you to salvage anything you want, which is really, really nice. Yeah, I think the preferred option would be the GC. It's just such a powerful profile. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that the JC profile has found itself onto restriction list in two sets now. It's just so good. It recycles a resource, it gives you memory compression, and it denies opponent on reverse plays. Plus, I think uh, the Chrysile one mills two on play? Yes, it mills two, so it is free milling as well. Yeah, it's just such a powerful profile. Alright, so what set do we want to talk about next? Well, Saikano, the big, the big front runner, everyone's wondering about, you know, the tier one deck that for so long. I'm not okay. I'm not too familiar with uh, the other cards in the set. I do think it was the heaviest hit on the list, though. I'm not sure how well they can replace everything on the restricted list. They got both their engine and their top end hit because, like, Grizzaya squeaks away without getting the top end hit, right? Yep. Saikano and, uh, to a lesser extent, Data Live, they got their top end hit. And I think that's going to really impact Saikano because Saikano just it wants that memory so bad. There is, was it, eight cards at level zero that go to memory that are just like, you have to, if you don't want to play either of those, like if you want to play the top end, then you have to cut eight cards that go to memory. And that's just so many cards that like, Saikano wants to put into memory at that point, and it just makes us, the deck so much less consistent and good. Because like what made it good was that it didn't have to build up stock to compress, it just kept building memory. And then it was so consistent bringing up the end game that it didn't really matter what piece you had, you could consistently get the end game out. Yeah, uh, if you cut the end game in favor of level zero, the level zero options, I'm not sure what other finishers Saikano has, but there are so many cards in the deck that interact with the level three finisher so like they're your brainstorm and the level assist that like change up into the finisher it's just such a big hit to the deck plus the memory akatsuki that was also a free runner i think that thing also served an important role to enable the gaming all night event which gives you a free stock and search any card from your deck and it taps two characters and they cannot stand at the start of your next turn but if you tapped this memory of Kotsky, you just send it off into memory to top four for a card. So you kind of bypass that. So without the memory of Kotsky, that was also a runner, um, like that event is a lot less playable. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I have to imagine is now that the memory compression isn't as consistent, uh, some of the plays that were available to the Saikano player, especially siding, using their level one combos to side, are going to be less viable because their tempo has changed because they're not just throwing a bunch, basically throwing their entire first deck into either memory or the waiting room with just these very consistent tools and then getting a very nicely compressed second deck. That Those siding options just may not be as viable, and that changes how oppressive Psychono can be as well. Yeah, I think the community in general has stated that this is more a band two for the level zeros than... A choose one because the level three is just so ubiquitous so good and you can change it up through the chain through the different cards yeah from the that, level one brainstorm to the level two level assist to the level three finisher yeah it, and for that reason you still play the red card or the red level three so it's then a decision of which how do you cut these two from your deck and what are you going to replace it with? 
Yeah, and that level three is just so powerful, right? Even if there are other options, like I don't think you would really want to use them because it's opponent can't play backups, and there are a lot of free fresh uh, counters running around in the meta. I think uh, with like Data Live and then Adventure Time coming out, they have a free fresh counter and stuff like that. And then it's also hex proof, so a lot of events don't really affect it. You can't anti damage or anything. So it's a heal. You can change up to it from other cards. And it's a cheap on reverse burn two. Why did we think this was okay? We didn't think this. We really <laughs> did. Scano's <laughs> been a really interesting deck because for the longest time, there was really no interaction with memory in Weiss. And now we're seeing cards being printed like the Kazuma event in Konosuba. Um, now Bofri has a on-play character that says this character cannot head to memory. We're seeing more counterplay when it comes to memory, but we're not really seeing the heavy-handed counterplay like Memory Snow has for standby. So until that comes about and it's good, any memory compression deck is just going to be very good. Well, it's hard, right? Because... If you print a powerful, like searchable memory dump effect on a character, then it just like completely shuts down a mechanic that now a lot of decks rely on to like get their effects going. That's just like kind of anti-fun. Uh, so the ones on the characters, uh, they're not that great, right? They say if opponent has five or more memory, they dump down to four and they can choose which cards to dump. So can they can dump the better cards they have used and kind of recycle them and still keep enough cards in memory to turn on all their memory effects, but they do lose a bit of compression, right? And I think for the most part that many lists aren't playing the event dumps just because it's really inconsistent getting to them and they can be a brick in a lot of non-memory matchups. And another interesting thing about the event memory dumps is that they only dump characters, I think. Events and stuff will stay in memory even if you play the memory dump events. This, it's an interesting discu discussion about memory because uh, so my background as a TCG player is I started in Pokemon TCG and they have tried at least twice now to have a mechanic like memory, like a Forbidden Zone in Yu-Gi-Oh, like out of play in Magic called the Lost Zone. And it's so, so, so hard to balance this sort of zone. And uh, I think it's doubly so for Weiss because unlike the other games that I alluded to, those decks are when you deck out, you lose, while in Weiss, you refresh the deck. So, like, getting the balance between memory, loss, zone, whatever being kind of pointless, or memory is bonkers good, is a very strong tightrope backed. And I don't know if we're on the right side of that right now. I think Bushiroad has an easier job, though, because Weiss new sets are a lot more isolated. They're restricted within their own series. So as long as Bushiroad like kind of balances out how many like, memory cards a set has and how easy they are to get memory and the payoff and whatnot, uh, it's a lot easier than like card games that like you know you can play any card in the game in a deck. Uh, so Bushiroad has a lot things, a lot less things to consider. And I hope they don't like uh, as some hate is okay, but I hope they don't go like, too far down that path and just, like, try to balance the sets more. Yeah, I guess what I was trying to allude to is they had two options. They can print 
a very, very powerful anti-memory effect in a set coming up, or they can choose to band a little bit of Seikano, try and keep it still viable without it being overly represented and just extra powerful when it comes to compression and doing attrition to your opponent. Yeah. So I'm kind of happy they went with this route rather than printing the really powerful anti-memory stuff, but I'm also happy they're printing some basic stuff just in case the situation were to happen again. At least we can say to ourselves, well, Bofri, for example, has some cards. Maybe I play that just to counter um, Sakano and other decks in the future that could have the same effect. Uh, so overall, what's the opinion on Psychoid and post list? Do you think it'll still be a better contender? Or is it like a lot worse? Because I, I don't know those. I'm not too familiar with the set, but the hit, the hit looks very hard. From where I'm seeing and uh, watching uh, Kilua test, it's not looking good. Yeah, I'm on the opinion that like the deck is either tier three or just like worse because I I don't think the level one comp was very great. The deck relied heavily on its memory compression just to like get it safely to like level two, level three without without being able to die easily to a bunch of these finishers. But now you can't really do that because you have to run the finisher over the other two zeros. And you can't rely on a good level one game or like early game to like really push damage against your opponent. So the deck looks like it's going to be struggling a lot. I think it's still a strong deck. I just don't think it's the deck you have to pay attention to when you go into a tournament. You don't have to build your deck in case you have to fight against Sikano. You now have a bit more freedom in that aspect. Yeah, that sounds fair. So let's move on to uh, Data Live. And I think we have at least one or two people who do play Data Live on the panel, so uh, that helps Hi. us. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So, uh, Slowbro, what are you thinking about Data Live? I think Data Live is a very versatile set, so I don't think the hit is like restrictive. But if you look at the popular decks, the hit is very. Uh, it does hit very important cards. So if we start off with the finisher. Uh, most lists will still choose to play the finisher, I think, so this will be the choice for most builds. But Krumi, it's not like a, a super explosive finisher. It's more of a utility finisher, and the deck plays very defensive, basically trying to outgrind the opponent. And Krumi is very nice because two of its effects are basically free as long as you play the climax, and they can be very disruptive. But it's hard to just like, you know, push a ton of damage with the card because one, you don't get any soul from playing a standby trigger. And two, say you have two crewmies on board, which is like kind of the average number, sometimes three if you had a good hand and good game, a good early game leading into it. If you only have two, you stock swap with one, maybe you burn with the other with the other one. All you're doing is stock swap attacking for twos and a burn three. That's not like a ton of damage. So losing some of the defensive options in the set does hurt it. Uh, there is a quad color build that doesn't play the Krumi finisher, which could get more popular. I've tried it a few times. It's not too bad, but it's not like the most impressive build. But with that build, you can choose to play both of the 1-0 My Little Shido event and the level 3 Negate Soul counter, which is quite powerful. And then the My Little Shido event hits the choice build because that build was playing both the events as well originally with 
level three finisher, and then the one zero Toka hit hits the standby builds because it was like the prime defensive option. A free lethal counter on your opponent's turn every time you reverse is pretty good. Uh, losing it makes the deck a lot more vulnerable, and I think the deck, well, a lot of builds were dropping the one zero event to play the level three event for eight standby. So it was already like not amazing in standby mirrors. Now losing like your best defensive card, you'll be it's even harder to like win board in those power versus power matchups, and you will be taking damage more consistently. And there's no card to really replace it. So I think that is quite a big hit. But overall, the deck should still be strong. One thing that I noticed about sorry out of the cards on the choose for data live, two of the three are cards that had a ton of optionality. So yeah. they gave players a lot of freedom to work. I wonder mm -hmm. if this is a signal that we're not going to get this sort of optionality going forward. Uh, well, this was because it's like a flavor thing with the set, because it's trying to emulate a dating sim where you can like choose the different options and you get different outcomes depending on what you choose. So I'm not sure if other sets will have it. Uh, I'm expecting to. They might have to reconsider like the costs and the effects. Yeah, because. Though. Especially my little Shido with its one zero effects. Yeah. Very good card. Uh you were gonna say something, two twenty? I was just gonna say the effects were just really, really strong. Like wow. the one zero event has yeah, like the card would be mostly used for the one effect, but the other two effects come out here and there and are useful, but not in every single situation. Yeah, because they printed like really generic effects on all of them. So it's like, oh, sometimes I want this. Uh, other times I want that. They're all good choices. Uh, one thing you were mentioning about a quad color build for Data Live. Uh, one thing I do want to ask is, uh, what's the top end on that? Because I would it be the blue that has the icy tail finish? You can play. You play two level three climax combos in that deck, and you can splash any of the generic finishers if you want. One of them is the is the icy tail one. It's um, on play top three. Climax combo gets one k icy tail four on attack, and then when he attacks, opponent can't back up. So it lets you kind of reliably at least win a few slots on the board, and it's just like a costless finisher, which um, sets you up to play the next soul counter for multiple turns at level three. And then the other finisher is kind of a all in finisher, but since the climax is a pants trigger, and the icy tail climax is also a pants trigger. You can play them both in the same deck, and you can like kind of toolbox which combo you want. So the other one, it's a healer. So even if you don't get the combo, you can play as a healer. And it's uh, all reverse. I think you could pay three, ditch two, sack the CX, stack three cards from your opponent's waiting room to the top of their deck, and then burn five. From the sounds of it, Data Live has a ton of options, and we'll probably be seeing it pretty squarely in the metagame going forward. Do you guys think it's still a tier 1 threat? I want to say, like, maybe, like, tier 1.5. I think it's going to be, like, still really good, but maybe not, like, the powerhouse it once was. It's like, I think some other decks might overtake it, but I don't think it'll be a tier 2 deck. I think it'll still be better than most tier 2s, but not quite on that level of tier 1s. Yeah, I think the 8 standby, or the standby variant, that you just play the level, the red level 3, and now you're saying to yourself, how badly does my deck get hurt by not having the 1-0 blue character in your deck? And 
I still think that deck is probably still very strong and just yes, it goes down, but not too bad. Yeah, I think it'll be tier one to one point five. I don't think it'll be like because like in the last meta, it was it was one of the like top four decks. I don't think it might not have that kind of presence anymore, but it'll still be pretty high up there. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you move any Fujimi Bunko cards into the deck, or is it still no? You can play the Miku 1-1 back row as a standby target. However, the standby deck plays a tap 2 Brainstorm, so it kind of conflicts with that. Uh, I've tested it a bit. I've seen some builds use it. I don't like it too much, though, but it is an option. So before I move on from Day Alive, there is um, an interesting thing that I did here. Uh, for the English ban list, uh, Bushiroad sent out a statement a couple hours after the Japanese ban list announcement for Day Day Live, saying that they are looking into and keeping an eye on Day Day Live for English, which is interesting because uh, as far as I know, that's the first time they've ever done that. So when this comes out in English, we might also have some real bannings on the <laughs> on the English ban list, which hasn't been used for such purposes yet. Uh, but yeah, something to look out for. I think that's a really smart move for Bushy SEA. They get to see if this deck is actually toxic in English. And, you know, I'm not 100% sure that it will be just because of some things running around in the English metagame, the way that North American players play. The other thing is, is it also means that they get to see if they like banning over editing cards in preprint. And I, I think I would prefer a ban list over at nerfed cards in print. I agree. One of the nice things is it might, and if English does go to a ban list, we might get a unified format, which could be really interesting. Do you mean like they would just sync up the ban lists? Yeah, like if they decide to go to a ban list thing and going forward long enough that sets that have version E's, like Haruhi or uh, Nisekoi aren't relevant. Maybe a unified format and an English-only format could be things, and uh, we'd move kind of closer to uh, what every other TCG has, where international players play together. Okay, I see your point. Fair. Right, so there's one more set from the restrictions, right? Sort yep, of it's Sal. <laughs> we should have gotten a Sal player in here. Yeah, can't say no too much about Sal right now. <laughs> well, it's an interesting deck because it, it was kind of everywhere. And there's just so many different builds. I will say, having played across from the Heatcliff, I'm so happy it's on this ban list and I probably won't have to see it again for a long while as a slime player who was like, what do you mean I can't Encore? What do you mean I can't ditch a card just to keep my level 3 alive? Yeah, this is... I'm happy it's hmm. banned, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a bit of bias here. <clears throat> <laughs> well, it the keeps thing my Fujimi about... walls up a bit easier, too. <laughs> the thing about the anti-encore is uh, it's both sided, right? So the Cell player also... Because they're also an EP deck, they also can't encore to keep their level 3s around. So I don't, I don't think the Heathcliff was really that unfair. I think and people mostly played it just for the memory Akatsuki profile. They didn't really care for the anti-encore. Like, it does come up in matchups, but if Heathcliff was not a memory Akatsuki, it would not even see play, I don't think. 
Yeah, I, I don't I didn't think the card was unfair. It was just more about I have these cool cards that do cool things and anti encore feels like it just puts a blanket on everything. But I under I understand that. And do it maybe uh you guys don't have the answer for me, but I'm not sure how many SAO cards have alternative encore effects that they play. It felt like they didn't have many, if any. No, they they don't really have hand encore, but I mean like the general three stock encore applies to both players, right? So you can't three stock encore, they can't either, and obviously it hits cards with a hand encore profile, which uh, does come up. But and I don't like really like these like anti fun floodgate profiles either. But I think Heathcliff wasn't like a serious offender of that. No, and Heathcliff kind of fits into a theme that we see across all the bands where these really easy memory effects for plussing your hand are a bit too powerful. And I think Bushy Road wants to rein that in a bit. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, it's better to like kind of use the band list and like card design to restrict this mechanic than to print like hate cards, which like maybe only a few decks have access to to try to balance it out. I think it's just more healthy. I think uh, just judging from the community, the SAO bans weren't too impactful. It's still going to nope. be a very powerful deck. It's still going to do everything it's one it's done and wants to do, and we'll have to see where it fits in from representation and um, what its stats change to after these bans. But Bushy's probably still looking at Sword Art Online after this to make sure it's back within acceptable parameters for them. Yeah. I will say, I've said this before, Sodar is like a heavy early game temple deck. They really rely on pushing ahead and then like staying at level 2 with their early plays and healers to win the game because their top end is basically non-existent. So these hits could have like more of a butterfly effect that like kind of affect the rest of the game if their early game isn't as consistent or as powerful. But overall, I think it was still the lightest hit out of all the sets. And I guess one of the things is we have had Sao cards in Weiss for almost a decade. They're going to have things to slot in. But this is the anniversary deck, though. Right. So it doesn't trade match. Mm -hmm. Any last remarks on Sao? But yeah, I think uh, we generally agree this is the one that got away the most Scott 3. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, one tangential question before we go into the big, big question. Uh, do you think there's any cards that you think should have been banned, but were not? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Like, for me, the last format, it looked like a pretty balanced format. I feel like even if they didn't hit anything, if they, like, kept pushing the power level of sets to be relatively like about the same it would still would have been fine um i think all the bands were reasonable and it kind of reigns in like the top four decks a bit so that like the a lot of the like kind of tier 1.5 tier 2 sets have more chance to like uh, push for bigger presence in the meta and maybe we could see more diversity that way but overall, I don't think there was too much that needed to be banned. And this was a very fair ban list, except maybe to Saikano, who got the heaviest hit. I can't think of any cards that 
needed to be banned besides the cards that were listed. I'm even like on the side that some of the cards on the list shouldn't have been banned. All in all, I think this is like a fine ban list. Nothing outrageous, nothing super interesting was banned, I guess. Everything was like pretty within parameters. The only thing I'm thinking of is if a if kinda you look at the SAO bands and you're thinking, oh, they didn't really hit a lot, but Bushy saw numbers that they wanted to ban something from SAO and bring it down a bit. I wonder if SAO should have got another thing banned or an alternative to what they got chosen ban something. I don't have any specifics because I don't Again, I don't play the deck at all, but that's like the only thing. I think everything else was either uh, they banned just enough or they banned uh, a little bit too much. But I think overall, it's, it was a very good ban list. Yeah, the thing with SAO is like, it, I think it was the most fair out of the top decks. So I think it's fine to say it has it had a light hit. We'll see how the format shapes up if it like continues to like perform very well. Then maybe Bushi can add another Cardian leader. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Like, if they ban this, they see the numbers, they see if they need to add any more, which is totally fine. And that's kind of how they go about it, right? We've seen bans evolve over time with Bushi Road, uh, either more come on or more come off. I guess the next question is Do the loosened restrictions on Kantai or Idolmaster matter? I'm asked, not really. The decks just a bit too outdated at this point especially the tp build uh early game you can't really compete with a lot of the meta i don't think uh can maybe like there has been that one memory list that's been getting popular according to uh kevin or kilua and having inazuma in the deck could be a good consistency tool to push up even further but I'm not sure how good that deck is because we haven't seen much rep, so it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. And I guess it helps that Kantai did get a refresh set, sorry, an updated set last year. So mm-hmm. uh, Kantai is definitely a lot more relevant than uh, Cinderella Girls, which hasn't been touched since uh, 2017, if I remember correctly. I still... Or is it 2016 was the last time it, it got an update? a long time ago. Yeah. I remember playing against this Kantai card. I don't know when I did, but it just seemed really strong. So, I don't know. I haven't seen a Kantai deck in quite a while, but if anything was going to bring it back into at least a bit of playability and around the local scene, uh, definitely this card being unbanned would do it. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I would see Kantai Collection as anything more than Tier 2. I'd say probably Tier 2, maybe even 3. I, I, it's hard to judge the deck. I don't know. But that's what I mean. If it, it becomes a Tier 2, then you'll at least see it occasionally, whereas right now I almost feel like no one is playing the deck at all. Yeah, well, most builds just haven't seen success. Japan, it's like it's a pretty popular set in Japan. Um, and there has been that new like memory build I mentioned floating around uh, as brought yeah. up by Kilua. Yeah, memory boats. So maybe, maybe that could rise up in popularity. We'll see. 
Yeah, and to mirror the question I asked at the end of our uh, ban the band section on the unbanned side, is there anything that you think uh, could have come off the restriction list, like a uh, free monogatari, free action common, that sort of thing? Easy. Just unban Marika, guys, please, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be on the list anymore. It's been five years. I think intrinsically Marika's, Marika is still like super broken. But in the context of the Nisekoi set, it probably wouldn't do anything if it came off. Would you like to see Cordelia's Garden come off the ban list entirely? Uh, I don't think it would do anything. That's the problem. Hmm. A lot of lists aren't running it, and the lists that do, I don't think you would really go above 2. Just because of the fact that it's a level 3 event instead of a level 2 heal. If it was a level 2 heal, it would be miles better. Um, because then you'd have a way to dump your stock to play around stock wash, and sustaining at 2 is more powerful than sustaining at 3, because even if you're at 3-0, there's still the chance of, like, you know, eating a bunch of damage and just dying, whereas you're a lot safer at 2. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the Kimono pick 2. As much as I love playing Kimono Friends, uh, I think you can't, you can't end that restriction now. Kimono is still too good, even with... Uh, most of the end games moving to uh, burn X or burn two or more instead of burn ones. Yeah, I mean, it's just so powerful, right? With the metagame being around level two heals and it's also a memory card, it dodges anti heal through heal to hand. Very, very strong event. Yeah, like even without Kaban blocking every burn known to man and just blocking if someone uh, lowballs their icy tail, <laughs> it's still probably too good because, like, yeah. A level two heal event that you can consistently find and have stock generation out the wazoo with alpaca even with uh, memory wash running around that's that's not sporting and again with the memory wash effects if it's the character one you can choose to return the events back into waiting room to recycle them and if it's the event one they don't touch events in memory so you get to keep those events in memory for compression yeah so kimono is going to stay restricted for a while I'm actually surprised that Monogatari hasn't gotten anything, but I don't think Monogatari would be particularly relevant, even if it got the rest of its cards back. Probably not. The build that was successful a while back, it ran a lot off of the 2-2s, because the 2-2s were such a powerful profile at the time in combination with everything else. But that's not the case anymore, where every deck can swarm field at level 2 with EPs, or just have like beefy beaters on board with standby right now mm -hmm. although kaiki is always an interesting option <laughs> it's a fun card being able to snipe back rows man with that minus 500 oh it feels so good yeah guitar is the only thing that i can say i would want off the ban list but it's mainly because of chris <laughs> <laughs> my wife informs me that we have to free action common of course Man, that Crayon Shinchan set is just so sad. I'm surprised <laughs> it's still banned. Like, does the deck really do much, even if you no. give it the 1 0? No. It's just a meme at this point, you know? You can't unban it because that card is, like, in the dictionary definition of the word, that card is obviously broken. Yeah, I think it's the same with Marika, right? Like, the set's so outdated that even if you brought it back, it wouldn't do anything. But in a vacuum, that card is so strong, even by modern standards. Well, I mean, it's also an obvious misprint, right? Mm -hmm. 
you can't have that thing running around. Yeah. It makes the game designers look stupid. So we have one final question to consider today, and in my, in my mind, it's a big one. Who are the biggest winners in your mind, and who are the biggest losers? And this comes from the entire group of sets, not just those affected by the ban list. Who won, who lost from this update? I think Slime won the most. We can have uh, Hi Xavier talk more about that. He's a, our Slime player here. I think Slime is definitely the biggest winner of this, just due to the fact that Slime's, in my opinion, biggest weaknesses were walls and heavy compression by the other uh, other person at the table. If you put Sakano Danik down a notch in terms of power level, and you put Data Live down a notch in terms of power level, the only deck you really have to watch out for then is Chrysia. And thinking that Day Day Live will be kind of like a more even matchup. Yeah, Slime now has a really good matchup against a lot of decks. And it's probably going to do fairly well. Uh, especially since we've already been confirmed that there's a set two coming out. So eventually we're going to have even more cards to play with. And Slime is just looking for a really good finisher. And I think that deck just takes off with what it already has. Yeah, that's the main reason I'm pushing Slime. A lot of other tier two sets are going to see a big boost, I think, as well. But since Slime's getting that new set, I think it has a lot of potential to take over the meta in the future. I think the other winner, the other winner, sorry, is Konosuba and DC to a lesser extent. I think those two decks have been just waiting for a chance to have a little bit of breathing room, have a bit of... Uh, to borrow a term from hockey, time and space, um, not getting attritioned by uh, Sakano and being able to play a bit more uh, with their cards. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to those two uh, decks coming into more prominence. Do we see Charlotte reassert itself? I mean, I don't really like. Probably not, but it's worse matchups like Kano. Just got, you know, heavily hit on, so we could see a rise in it. Yeah, like the deck is just like super consistent, can blow someone out at level three in that sense. But I feel like the deck is not great playing with it a couple times. You're just hoping not to die. It's, it's not proactive enough, I guess. It doesn't try to end, like, try to kill you. It just hopes that you can't kill it, um, the like itself. And then, like, just try to war of attrition you and hopefully it wins by the end of it. But if you get pushed early or anything like that, the deck just sort of crumples a bit. Yeah, I feel like the deck itself isn't good into the heal meta because a lot of other decks just have more have better compression and like sustain engines. Um and even with Psychano dropping off a bit, the DC's top end level three of choice is also hexproof. So that just like screws over the Charlotte, you know, anti-front mechanic as well. Does Charlotte have Hexproof on its level 3? Yeah. With the back row. Do you have any Dark Horse picks for decks that might just kind of run up other than, like, our biggest winners of, like, Konosuba and uh, Slime? What do you think about ReZero, JP, or 220? I think ReZero is uh, a pretty good deck. Like, it was seeing a lot of, like, popularity, I think. You, as even like in the previous meta, 
So I can definitely see it being really good because it's one of the other few memory compression decks left that are like still really, really good. So I can definitely see it rising in uh, popularity. And it has a decent finisher now, which is nice. But uh, unless you're like really lucky, you cannot triple combo fairly consistently anymore because you took out the Rickies. So I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't found much success with it. I don't personally like the build, but I can definitely see it doing fairly well. Mm-hmm. And just looking at uh, kind of some of the stats that Kilua put together and I kind of crunch some numbers about one third of players that played re-zero in japan's uh wgps for 2020 did get x1 it's it's solid even playing in the pre-ban setup sort of insane honestly considering it wasn't like considered tier one that so many players got x and one that's really impressive mm-hmm. the one i think is absolutely hilarious every time is fate goes 50 per 50% of players making top four, but I think only one of them actually made uh, X and one just because of the way that top four worked for uh, the WGP shop challenges. <laughs> I think Fico's a set that could see some rise as well, but I'm not like super big on the set. It's a very like generic standby sort of shell that the deck has. I wonder if that set was so popular just because it had come out and the series is popular less so about its card quality of course this is all conjecture yeah. i have i have very little knowledge about the set that, that that could definitely be a factor in my opinion but uh, the set's all right like it's not bad it's just not that impressive it's just kind of funny how it ended up making up uh, actually and then the guy who uh the poor guy who played JoJo, or the guy who managed to get Hina Logic into top. Sorry, no, Hina Logic into an X1, but he got denied top because he was Weiss and not Schwartz. Yeah, I think that way of organization is just not great. I hope they change it up for next year, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> that just about wraps us up for today. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. Talk about the ban list. I think we covered a lot of ground here and we had a ton of fun doing it. If you did, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast. Search Wild Wild Weiss. If you want to check out our written work, head on over to wildwildweiss.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter at Wild Wild Weiss or check out the Calgary Weiss Schwartz community on Facebook or Discord. We have our local webcam Weiss every Wednesday. Until next time. This has been Igor Squatslav. This has been Hi Xavier. Be seeing you. Uh, this is 220, and it was nice talking to all you guys again. Yeah, and this is Slowbro. Come join our webcam Wednesdays. It's fun. See you. And I hope to see y'all next time.